songs. Hey everyone, welcome to Why Mommy Drinks. This is Betsy Stover, and today I am joined by someone who I know from the the OG genesis of uh, the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater. Uh, she's a hilarious person. She's a writer, an author, a podcaster. Uh, it's Emmy Leiborn. Hi. Hi, Betsy. Hi, listeners of Why Mommy Drinks. And cheers to you. We all need a drink right now. And we're recording this in the morning. Yeah. 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 Uh, are you, are you so, are you sober, Emmy? Are you? I am. I am sober this morning. I am. I, I'm drinking. <laughs> you know morning. what I'm drinking? Okay. I'm drinking tea chino, which is like a caffeine replacement tea for people who can't even handle caffeine. That's where I am this morning. <laughs> Wait, is it decaf tea or is it no. a synthetic caffeine? What's happening? It is a, it is a coffee substitute. It's like carob pods and dandelion greens, but it's very delicious. I'm sorry. It so you're in, good. You're in California, Emmy? I am. I'm in LA. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, wait a minute. Oh, that was a subtle diss. Oh, now I see. I see how that works. <laughs> I'm in California too. I just love us. If we're, if we're drinking dandelion greens, we're probably in, in California. So true. That is 100% true. We are absolutely in Los Angeles, um, probably on the west side. Let's be frank. <laughs> are you on the west side? I am, yes. We're probably going to have to move to the west side at some point because our kids, uh, one of our kids just got into a school over there and uh, oh. we just can't fucking drive and oh do a God. like a 90-minute bus ride and all that oh anymore. It's just God. too much. A 90-minute bus ride, I know that's hard for the kid, but isn't that a little bit delicious for you? Yes. Yes, it is. Yeah, I don't mind it. And honestly, our uh, middle kid would just always take a nap. Uh, so it was fine. When he wasn't throwing up on the bus, he was taking a nap. Oh. So that was always good. The throwing up part, not so great. Hey, so I have uh, three kids. They are all boys. I have a 10-year-old, a 9-year-old, and a 5-year-old. What is the situation over there, Emmy? I have a 17-year-old girl and a 14-year-old boy. So we are, Whoa. we've got a lot of hormones in the air. We've got a lot of intense feelings, a, a lot of roller coastering from like joy to despair. That's what we have Whoa. over at my house. Wow. What yeah. We are like um, still on the roller coaster that's like click, 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 uh -huh. like up to that point. <laughs> so um, this is, I'm glad you are here. I am all ears. Um, Emmy. Yes. Am I right in thinking that you have a Rex? A Rex? My son? Yeah. Yeah. Is your son named Rex? That's his name. Rex. R-E-X. Do you have a Rex? My son's name is Rex. Oh my gosh. We both have a firstborn named Rex or a firstborn boy named Rex. That is so cool. He's a king. Yeah. I don't know about you, but ours really lives up to it. Um... Yes, my my king is a fickle ruler. He can really he can create a lot of misery in his subjects if he wishes to. Yes. He has yes. strong opinions about food. And oh, uh, I thought they would go away the older he got, but no, they they haven't. They've there's they seem to be a permanent part of his uh personality. All right. Well, that's a huge disappointment could you know <laughs> yeah i keep waiting for that <laughs> that's it like go away yeah i'm sorry uh, i'm sorry when your kids are you. little you're, you're like oh here's broccoli and they're like thank you mama mm -hmm. nom, nom, nom. and you're like oh my gosh everyone else is an asshole i'm an amazing parent my kid will eat anything and then they turn like two and then they're like i only eat two things now and and then you're like oh it's like a really good lesson about parenthood of just like no no don't ever gloat because it will come back to get you and there will be something else that will like uh that will be your biggest shame and um oh you said uh, it you yeah. are a hundred percent right the minute you start thinking that you're superior to other people is like the day before your child starts pooping in their pants again for no reason. <laughs> now, I'm not talking about my, my teenagers, but you know what I mean? Younger children. 
Yes. Oh my gosh. Oh, Emmy, I don't know if I said this on the podcast yet, but my our oldest son is going to camp. That reminded me of that when you said pooping pants, teenagers, uh-huh. and then I was uh-huh. like, right, my 10-year-old is going to camp and I have like a fear that he's going to um uh, like maybe wet the bed at camp and yeah. then and then be embarrassed mm-hmm. or not have what he needs or or just like be in denial and mm-hmm. sleep in pee um I don't know uh but um I'm really excited about sleepaway camp is because this his first we, time going to sleepaway camp is this his oh, first wow. time that's great how long is it going yeah for? he's going for one week and then later in the summer he's going again for one week that's so smart have your kids gone to sleepaway camp my kids um ellie oh lord my daughter went to sleepaway camp to a wonderful camp in the east coast called bucks rock that was like a a, the most amazing camp if you're artistically inclined they had all these different shops you could do um batik and glass blowing and theater and music and you do all these different things she loved it she went for years my darling rex would not go to camp and when he was 11, I forced him, I forced him to go to a nature camp that my brother had gone to, that my brother had loved. And Rex did not want to go. And I made him go. And <laughs> it, it, he had the worst camp experience you could have. Now, I don't want to, uh-oh, I don't want to tell you this and have you get oh, worried no, about yourself. Don't worry. My Rex is like psyched about camp. Good. Inexplicably. I'm so Good. grateful and I and I don't know why he's so excited and I'm thrilled and I'm not even going to question it. I'm like, great. You want to go? Great. Oh, absolutely. Go. That's great. I'm sure he'll have a wonderful time. Um, we dropped Rex off at this camp. They were sleeping in teepees that were on the oh, ground cool. and it had rained every day and it was due to rain for every day of the three weeks of his camp. This is in Vermont. And Whoa. so we sh- they show him into his tent and he's going to be sleeping on the mud, in the mud, around the side of this tent. And as we're walking no, away. Wait, wait a second. Are there cots? There are no cots. They're, they have Whoa. like, they brought like a, you know, like a sleeping pad. And um, to make things worse, there was like a regular camp as a part of this family of camps. There was like a farm camp where you had a bunk and you got to pet cows. But no, I sent sent him to the one where you sleep on the ground in a teepee. And as we are, so you punish you. You're punish. It's it's like it's almost like a punishment. Like you yeah. you need to live uh, a primitive uh, a sort of uh, life for a while so that you, yeah, like uh huh, yeah. Like if he's camping. For three weeks? <laughs> three weeks. And as we're leaving, he was used to Ellie, us visiting Ellie at her camp and sending her care packages of candy. This camp, you're not allowed to send them candy. And you're not, and it's in Vermont. And we live in New York. So he was like, okay, when are you going to be visiting? And I was like, we're not visiting. <laughs> he didn't know that we weren't going to visit him. It was bad. It was a bad choices on my part. <laughs> Um, also at this camp, they had to break rocks with pickaxes every day. It was so weird by the side of the road and a man on a horse just yelled at him the whole time. (laughs) Well, when the judge Uh, sent him there, we felt it was a fair sentence. So, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe if you ate a more varied diet, you could stay at home and not sleep on the ground for three weeks. Rex, next time, eat eat the cream cheese on your bagel and we'll see. (laughs) Maybe Maybe we'll send you to farm camp next year if you behave and eat your bagel oh with cream gosh. cheese. <laughs> yeah, our, our Rex is a total king, too. And, uh, you know, I realized, we realized too late that a child, if you name them a certain way, will, of course, become the thing that you yes. name them. Well, actually, we did learn in time to not name our third child Zeus like we wanted to. <laughs> Um, that's not a joke. Your kid would have been going around impregnating everyone with showers of gold and he'd be sleeping with swans. You dodged a bullet, Betsy. Thank God. Murdering people in their heads. Oh, eating them, eating them. uh, uh, Throwing thunderbolts. Come on. (laughs) Your house is... We're like, oh, hold on. We can't give him a name like that because we have a Rex who acts like a Rex. We have an Ajax who, oh, good Lord, right. he's an Ajax. I love it. Um, so what do you, and, what do you uh, wind up with? Um, Odysseus. 
Oh, that's a great name. Brava. Thank you. Thank you. We thought, let's give him like a wise, calm name. So smart. So I think so far it's, we'll see. He's full of rage lately, but hopefully that will pass. He needs to go on a journey. He just needs to go on a long journey. Right? Yes, he needs to. Um, he needs to go to war for about I don't know what, thirty years, whatever uh-huh. the whatever it is, roughly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then come back and just murder everyone, right? Um, <laughs> all right. So at least you didn't name see. him Oedipus. <laughs> <laughs> Although with a kid named Rex, people always kind of like tag it on there right they do tease about that they do tease about that and true to form my rex really did love me a lot when he was little one morning i came to to get him from his crib when he was about two still sleeping in a crib um and i heard him talking to himself and he was role-playing a conversation with me and he said hi rexy hi mommy how are you I love you. He was just talking to me in his mind. I was his imaginary friend. And Oh my god, I mean yeah, that he's, is the sweetest thing I think I've ever heard in my life. He's a he's a sweet, um, creative, sensitive, very empathetic <clears throat> child. Wait, I have to tell you one other thing, and this will uh, cement You tell me all the things. Okay. All right. Number one of all the things. Um I used to keep a pad of uh, Mad Libs in my purse. It was like the one smart mommy trick that I had. (gasps) Is this a mom hack? Because we're all about mom hacks. Yes, this is a mom hack. Uh, Mad Libs. All right, mom hack. Now a little sound effect is going to play. It's like, mom hack. Mom hack. Boom. Mom hacks. Um, So keep a Mad Libs in your purse or just tear one Mad Libs out and put it in your wallet. Because they're so thin. They're like thinner than money. Um, So we're in a pizzeria. The kids are crabby. Rex is five. Ellie is eight. And I'm doing a Mad Libs to pass the time. And Rex doesn't know what adverbs are and adjectives and all that. So I'm just tossing him the softball ones. Uh, You know, name of person. Uh, And then I give him part of the body. And Rex, I swear to God, puts his hand on his heart and says, the soul. (laughs) of the body the soul and you're like where like i should how could i not have recorded that it was so beautiful so that that's my rexy oh my gosh i love that so much i actually have a little mom hack addendum mom hack. oh great mom hack addendum which is because our kids say such fucking cute, adorable things all the time. Mm-hmm. I have a Twitter account for each <gasps> one of my kids. And when they say cute shit, I tweet it on their account. Now, one day, Twitter will go the you know way of Periscope or whatever and just disappear. And then I'll never be able to see these things. But every now and then we'll go through it and we'll have like a family reading of these tweets. And they're so funny. Um, so everyone, I do brilliant Betsy. That is genius because you, you now, you know, as a parent of teenagers, like I, I hold on to those few things that I remember them saying like precious gems, but I've forgotten all of them. I've forgotten, you know, all the best ones. So that is genius. Thank you. Well, if everyone, if anyone wants to follow them, um, it's their names and then their initials. So uh, it's at Rex R S V at Ajax R. Nope, Ajax A S V, and at Odysseus O S V. There you go, Odysseus Odysseus. Oh, uh, I get it. Say it. I get the, it weird Greek way. I'm going to follow them. I'm going to look back and look at all the sweet things your kids said. I would love that. They're they're hilarious. They say such such weird shit. Uh, And it's fun to watch it kind of like evolve over time too because you can see that they get older and more verbal um, and the things that they're sort of obsessed with. um, And it's Well, that's the money too. That's the pay you get for being a mother. 
you you put in all this terrible work, you clean, you do, yes. oh my God, you clean up the vomit and you answer you the midnight calls at. and you get yelled at. And what you, the, your pay is those moments where your kid sort of speaks and and uh, you're, you're so smart to capture those. Hats off. <gasps> Thank you. <laughs> Uh, well, let's see. Oh, I was, you mentioned your brother. I was going to say, I remember your brother because I remember that you and your brother did like a a show together at the old UCB theater at Solo Arts in Manhattan. Yes, we did. Sam and I, my brother is now a comedy writer. He's a high level, like showrunner level TV guy. Sam and I. Where? What is he? Where? He, he, he's just been on Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist for the past couple of years. He was the awesome. showrunner of the Michael J. Fox show. And he's got all these amazing shows that he's in development with now that are his own shows. Yeah. I'm so glad to hear that. I remember him being a nice guy and very handsome. Well, he is very nice. And as to being handsome... <laughs> This is a terrible segue for what I'm about to tell you. But Sam and I, when I was like 26 and Sam was 23, I was doing a lot of performing comedy. That's where we knew each other at UCB. Um, I wrote a song for us to sing called We Can't Make Love Because We're Related. And we performed everywhere. Yeah, that's probably what you said. I remember. That's right. Because, yes, um, I think your brother, I, I remember at the time thinking he was notably hot. and. And you, of course, are a beautiful lady. Oh, and that's a really um, apt song. Yeah. <laughs> Even though these two people are hot, they're related. They can't yeah. make love. Yeah. No, we can't. It's a good song. I also remember a song called Lady Bus Driver, which oh. every now and then um, I just sing to myself. Uh, Emmy, your, your Lady oh Bus Driver God. song. That means so much to me. I, I No, it honestly really? does. I mean, you make, you know about making comedy. You make it, you put it out in the world it seems to disappear into the ether the second you make something. Um, but I'm so glad you, you remember my song, Lady Bus Driver. And I have yeah, to tell you. it was you, all about how, like, yeah. you were sort of, it was like a love song to your Lady Bus Driver and how you would you would come up to the bus and she would, like, kind of lower it down to the curb for you. And it was Lady Bus Driver. Um, it was a lovely song. Lady Bus Driver, wait for me. Kneel the bus down right here. <laughs> That's how it started. Yay! Um, so, uh, uh, fun fact for you. Do you have a fun yes. fact sound effect that you put into the show? Oh, oh, we should. I'm going to get one. Fun fact. Oh my gosh, it's a fun fact. Um, I have put a lady bus driver into almost all of the young adult novels that I've written. I've written six young adult novels and there is a lady bus driver or her sort of equivalent. um, I think in all of them, maybe five out of six. Now that is delightful. (laughs) Is she an object of affection? Is she sometimes a pain in the ass or is it just a lady bus driver in every book? In my first trilogy, Monument 14, <laughs> which is a post-apocalyptic story for teenagers. Um, it's a, Wait, I'm what's it called? It's called Monument 14. Excellent. It's about 14 kids from Monument, Colorado, who get trapped in a superstore while civilization collapses outside the gates. Fun. And the way they get trapped in the superstore is... Um, Mrs. Woolley, their bus driver who knows and loves them all, this killer hailstorm descends on Monument, Colorado, and she drives the bus through the gates of a superstore to get out of the hail, and then riot gates come down and lock them in. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that has all all the makings of a great story. I like it. It's got like touches of uh like zombie apocalypse, mm-hmm. which is always a favorite. It really does. But without maybe the yeah, but it's not a zombie apocalypse. There's a little bit of zombie apocalypse in there too. <gasps> yeah. Yeah, check. Who doesn't love a zombie apocalypse? <laughs> <laughs> um so here let me let me get to yeah. what I wanted to tell you about today so uh the thing that broke me oh gosh well there's a couple things okay. <laughs> so emmy i have been um on break for the last month and so i have so much to catch listeners up on uh-huh. mm-hmm. and one of those things is 
So, okay, so there's a couple of things. One's kind of like light and funny, and then one's a dark. I'll start with the dark one, okay. which is that, it, listener, you may remember that um, a few years ago, our youngest son, Odysseus, had to have open heart surgery, and he is going back in six days to have another one to repair something uh, that needed still uh, fixed. So it, we are... Um, gearing up for uh for open heart surgery which is a fucking nightmare and just all of the things that go along with that and like what hospital and you know um it's just very stressful well uh, can i say something about this i right now i'm sending you so much love i'm sending your son love and i think all your listeners are going to hear this and Take a moment to say a little prayer for you and your family. Thanks, Emmy. Um, so yeah, that sucks. And the and the good thing is though, yeah, we have we have people in our life that are uh, like you and our listeners, and uh, I have a you know a, a good group of mom friends that are <clears throat> helping us out, and uh, I definitely feel very supported, uh, which is good um, because yeah, it's such a like a horror show. Um, and now that he's older, when he had the first surgery, he was like, he had just, he was like two years old and, um, you know, everything was just kind of like, he wasn't even super verbal and, um, he just watched Paw Patrol the whole time and it was, Paw Patrol was literally better than morphine for him. (laughs) Um, but this I think will be a lot more challenging because he's a much more evolved human being now. Mm -hmm. And he's five five uh, years old, you said. What's that? Is he five? Five yeah, he's five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's a bit more challenging. Yeah, but we're gonna do it at the children's hospital this time, and uh, and we're feeling good about that because mm-hmm. they'll hopefully, you know, they have like a playroom for the kids that are, you know, well enough to get up, and so we'll see. So I'll keep you all updated on that. Where I have at least one more episode I'm taping before that happens, um, and then, but the other thing. Uh, I wanted to talk about that broke me was okay. So Ajax's birthday. So Ajax turned nine last month and he, um, and so <clears throat> I was like crazy out of practice for birthday parties. Cause it had been totally. over a year. Yes. And now of course there are all these rules and regulations and sort of everything that you had done. Now you have to really rethink every single little detail, including just like, should we even have a birthday party in the first place? Is it safe? Is it okay? Um, you know, and, and how should we do this? Not just safely and okay, but in a way that also will make the parents and the kids feel safe and okay. Mm -hmm. So we we picked a park that was sort of near their school and it was beautiful and I'd never seen it, but Ari checked it out and he said it was really good. Um, uh, I told Ari to go get a pinata. He went to the pinata district, <laughs> which here in Los Angeles is right next to or on uh, Skid Row, which is not a made up That's place. Right. It's an actual place yeah. called Skid Row. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, where, uh, we're just like, it's, you know what? It's a lot like, um, ham, Hamsterdam from the wire where they just put all the crime sort of in one spot and they were like, go yeah. for it, everyone just be crimey. Yeah. And, yeah. and it, I, I get it's the like, sense that that's kind of what Skid Row is. It, it totally, it's like escape from New York, the, the movies, yes. and then they sell pinatas also. That's where the, that's where you get your pinatas. <laughs> I, I know it's it, it's such a it's the homelessness in LA. I mean, we have to do a whole another podcast about that because it's such a it's such a troubling and emotional thing. But anyway, you got a pinata. That's great. What what kind of pinata did he pick out? <laughs> we <laughs> as a society we we uh, seem to be treating uh, a great number of people millions of people like human refuse but also a pinata <laughs> um, yes i am capable of that kind of switch deep <laughs> shallow boom 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 all day long <laughs> <laughs> um 
So yeah, so I sent Ari to get a pinata and and also in, in addition, this is a very silly thing, but usually I like to work with a theme. I like mm -hmm. to say, what do you want your theme to be for Absolutely. your birthday? And then I work with that parameter and I have a lot of fun with that. Oh. And I use that as a challenge gotcha. and I'm I you know, I make it as Pinteresty as I can in my own way. Um, which is not very Pinteresty, but I try my best. Um so I kept asking what, you know, what theme do you want? And this kid has had some winning themes in the past. All right. We've had a cat party. Uh, what did you say? We've a cat party? A cat, just a cat themed oh, party. Great. I love it that we've he wanted had... a cat themed party. That's so brilliant. Yeah, cats. Cats. Cats are delightful. Yes. Wow. Uh, he had, we had a voting themed party once, one oh, year. That's fabulous. What did yes, they get to they, vote? Did they get to vote on things at the party? They did. <laughs> like they what? did. They voted. It, there was like a little ballot. Um, I think it was his fifth birthday, and he and they, they voted on like a pizza versus hot dogs, <laughs> chocolate versus vanilla, so uh, dog versus cat, that kind of thing. I forget who won, but it was. It, it, you know what? It, no matter who wins, it was fine. That's um, ex except that dogs are better than cats, and chocolate is better, uh, and pizza is better. I mean, I think we're all it's all clear. Anyway, <laughs> so so he's had a lot of other amazing party like party ideas in the past, and I'm totally blanking on all of them, but uh, they've been real winners. But this time, or oh, he had a geography themed. <gasps> party one year wow it was so it was and it was very fun for me I like to plan these things and it's fun to to work with those themes for sure but he would not give me a fucking theme <sighs> this year I was like okay just gonna tell me a color then just a color and he's like I don't know I don't I don't have a color or a theme can we just have a can't a party have a not a theme or a color and I was like yeah you're like you're taking something from me right now by not giving me a tip <laughs> you are this is a cruel thing you're doing to your mother in during the pandemic, could you just pick an animal? Thank you. Yeah. I'm already wandering in the wilderness doing a party in a pandemic for the first time in yes. over a year. Yes. I am so out of practice. Just I say, don't know what it's upsy downtown yeah. here. Um say artvarks yeah. or say, you know, craft craft beverages. Say artisanal cheese. Just give me something to work with. Thank you. <sighs> the only thing I could get out of him was a very sort of lukewarm, half-hearted pets. Okay. Um, All right. And At that's as good as it got. Okay. Well, that's so, right. <laughs> so I told my husband to go and get a pinata and maybe consider this pets theme. Um, and so he went and he got... Um, Okay, so first of all, he got a an owl. All right, all right. Um, it's not. I mean, it's an. It's not a pet. I don't know anyone who has a um, pet owl. Let's put it like that. They're not. I a mean, common if they do, pet. I'm. I'm very jealous. If they do, yeah, that'd be so cool to watch its head spin around like that oh, and eat. It's mice. so fucking rad to have an owl. I wish I had an be. owl. It would be. They're a badass animal. They're like a hawk, but like, or like an eagle, but they're also fucking cute and fluffy. Yeah. And, and smart, yeah. apparently. Like, and they're very smart and they're filled with candy. Yes. Um, so he got an owl, um, which was, a, which was fine. Um, and it was, it's so big. It was almost the size of our five-year-old. It was maybe one of the biggest pinatas I've ever seen in my entire life. I'm, I'm pretty sure we could have fit our five-year-old inside it like a strange, stiff mascot. What a costume. great surprise that really would be when you beat the pinata and a kid comes out. A whole child crying, bleeding. <laughs> crying, just spitting candy out of his mouth. There, there's your lousy candy. Take it. <laughs> Um, so, uh, but so as we, you know, we're planning this, I'm getting more and more excited. Um, so yeah, we've, we, you know, I'm, and, and when I, when I plan a birthday party, I get very like single-minded and I'm like, oh, I gotta keep working on this. And also, um, because of sort of everything that's going on and, um, the kids had just gone back to school. I was also just sort of like, I hadn't been really planning it. And because you never picked a theme, uh, I was really cramming for the test at the last <laughs> minute. Um, so anyway, 
So I guess it's a giant pinata. Um, and then um, I really didn't know what else to do. And he wouldn't give me a theme. So I couldn't like hire anyone yeah. to come and do anything specific because I didn't know mm-hmm. what they should do. Right. But I knew that we couldn't just go to the park for two hours and be like, I'm sure you're also dealing with these COVID questions of like, okay, wait a minute. Can I serve cake? Like, do I I give them drinks in glasses? What if they put their glass down? Like, it's so many weird things to figure out. Yes. Yes. I ended up not getting cups or anything Mm -hmm. that you would pour. Mm -hmm. But I don't, I mean, I'm sure it didn't help that everyone was drinking the same thing and then putting it down and probably <laughs> drinking all the same Capri Suns. Um, yeah. So, yeah, and we got an ice cream cake, which was awesome. Um, and I was so excited about that ice cream cake because I built it myself online. I There were lots of specifications oh, on that wow. Carvel site. You customized um, it? What? You customized it with, like, <clears throat> fillings? and I customized it. Wow. I made sure there were extra chocolate crunchies mm. and uh, there was fudge in there. Oh my God, I want some right uh, now. Lots of rainbow sprinkles on the outside. That thing was real expensive. But <laughs> I also figured, well, we're not really spending money on anything else. And then I got this guy to come and um, essentially like do games with the kids. Like they're, I forget what the company is called, but essentially they're just like, what? Like they just did like a silly scavenger hunt and played games. This sounds like a great birthday party, mommy. Thank you. Thank you. I was really excited. So the night before the party, I'm getting everything ready. I'm like pre-packing things in the car. Um, We've got people coming. Of course we have people like, even though I'm like, um, the party's on Sunday. Hey everyone, please tell me if you can come by Friday so that we can get enough food. Of course, Saturday night, like three different families are like, we're coming. Is it okay if we bring 10 other people? <laughs> um, and, yeah, it's fine. It's great. We're fine. Sure. We're, we're ready. <laughs> um, so we're scrambling, getting everything ready, you know, and, and it, I don't know. I, I, I don't know about in your household, mm. Emmy, dear listeners, um, but in my household, pretty much if if mom doesn't make the birthday happen, the birthday is not happening. Oh yeah. Oh, sure. Um yeah. Which is why if I'm like, go on, Emmy. No, no. It it's just like celebrations that are for moms, like Mother's Day, the mom's birthday, I'm always just nervous walking into them. Cause I just don't know what's gonna happen, if anything. <laughs> Yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, so I know that. So going in, I'm like, I need to do everything. <laughs> and if if there's anything I'm not doing, I need to be very clear about, um, what's the word? Like telling my husband what to do. <laughs> what is the word? I think it's delegating. Yes, delegating. Bo- bossing. Bossing. Telling <laughs> yeah. your husband what to do. <laughs> To make it happen. So the night before, I'm filling the car. I'm getting everything ready. I'm staging everything. I'm making sure that we are getting everything together. The morning of the party, we have to get up early. I'm making sure that everyone's getting dressed and washed. And uh, I'm filling the car and making sure, again, that everything is ready to go and perfect. And as we're getting ready... My five-year-old throws up. Oh, man. Um, Last-minute vomit. Yeah. <gasps> oh, <laughs> was this the one? You know what? This might have been the time that we woke up. <laughs> That's right. Okay, so I I just remembered how this went down. So I went into our bathroom to you know wash my face brush my teeth get ready for the party and in the sink was barf hey and i was like that's weird i don't remember barfing in the (laughs) sink last night (gasps) who barfed in the sink i was like ari did you 
And he's like, no. And I was like, huh, someone did. Um, and this is not the bathroom that's closest to their the kids' room. So someone like wandered out of their room, out of their bathroom, into another room and went into that bathroom. Uh, barfed in the sink and then went back to their room. <laughs> it's kind of nice they didn't wake you up, if you think of it that it way. Is. I mean, and, usually you get the, Mommy, I threw up! Uh, make me feel yeah. better. Right? You're, you're right. If it were our other kids, they would have. But our five-year-old, it turns out, was the one who barfed. And uh-huh. he is actually pretty... It's funny, he always... He never misses. Like He always makes it to... A receptacle, um, I think, for the most part. So it turns out he also, I think, barfed in their tub. Um, I don't know what the fuck happened. You're like, honey, so, go around the house, check all the receptacles. <laughs> There's vomit in anything that can hold something. Go check the mixing bowls <laughs> in the kitchen. There might be vomit in there. Yeah, if it's something that you've been washing things in, I yeah. think mm-hmm. uh, he's probably he's. Heaved into it. Yeah, dishwasher, watch out for that. Oh, Maybe yeah. just run it. Oh, just God. run it again. Don't prophylactic. Dishwasher with vomit in it. That is sounds <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> clothes washer, just it's just mostly vomit now. All right. So so we're like, shit. Well, um uh, is it, when this happens, we're like about I was like, it was one of those things where I was gonna give myself about 10 minutes to wash up and then we were going to get in the car and leave. Right. And so I'm, I don't have a bra on. I'm looking a mess. Uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm wearing my pajamas. Um, and I'm like, well, shit, you're ready to go. The two older kids are ready to go. I'm not ready to go. I will finish filling the car, getting you set to go And Ari, you are going to take the kids to the birthday party that I've been looking forward to, that I've been planning for a very long, well, not not, not a long time, Uh but I've been planning, excitedly looking forward to celebrating our kids' birthday, having a birthday party, going to a beautiful park, watching the kids have fun, uh, eating an ice cream cake. Uh, I was really strangely looking forward to that. And and then I had to then be like go oh and man that sucks that yeah. sucks that it sucks. sucks it's it does. it's stupid um but also I knew like in a lot of ways I but I also knew I didn't want to be alone throwing this party mm-hmm. <laughs> either mm-hmm. so how did it go so, yeah so I you what how did it go the party it went great awesome i i'm gonna take a moment to brag and just say i thought of everything and uh and uh everyone had a great time everyone said it was the best party ever um so that that makes me very happy um and i mean on the upside i didn't have to socialize with anyone that day um or have any awkward small talk so that was I think a real silver lining to our kid puking. (laughs) This coming out of the pandemic is hard. These conversations and um, I, I have a neighbor, my neighbor who moved in right before the pandemic. I, I mistook her for somebody else. I like reintroduced myself to her after living next to her for a year and a half. And she was like, yeah, I know. (laughs) I was like, I'm Emmy. I live next to her. And she was like, yes, I know. This this post pandemic interactions are uh, fraught. They're fraught. I'm now. uh, This is just a joke, but I feel like asking people like, "Can you hear me?" when I see them because I'm so used to talking to people on Zoom. I'm just like, "Is the reception okay? Are you are you two feet away from me? Can you touch me?" You just walk up to people and go, "You're muted. You're muted." Oh, man. I feel like that's always the very, instead of like, hi, it's always like, you're, you need to unmute yourself. Yeah. Uh, dad, dad, you're mute. Uh, just, <laughs> you're muted. Yeah. 
So yeah, so I missed the birthday party, and then by the time the cake came, oh, and it was the biggest cake they had, but somehow it wasn't big enough, and so there wasn't quite enough cake. No, they but cut two big slices. You know, you're... I made my husband save me a piece of cake and yes. save our youngest son a piece of cake, um, and that was like my prize. My, awesome. My, awesome. My consolation. I'm so glad and that happened. Very melted. Did he? I was going to say, did he have like a, a cooler and an ice pack? He had a, yeah, the thing that he brought the cake in. So yeah, it was very melty by the time it got home, but mm-hmm. eh, it's fine. Um, so yeah, that's what, that's what broke me. That was so uh, broke you. Uh, yeah. So Emmy. Yes. I Please. have a story about something that broke me during the pandemic. Oh uh, yeah. <clears throat> it's a story about my daughter, Eleanor. And I thought about all the different stories I could bring to you. Of course I have. I'm my kids are 17 and 14. I've got years and years and years of stories that broke me. But this is the one I wanted to share because in a way, I mean, your listeners, um, any mom who's made it through this pandemic, uh, I, I can't, the amount of brain drain, the amount of exhaustion, how hard it's been, it's just everyone deserves a medal. And so this story, I chose this story because she's a teenager, she's 17 years old, and she's very mature. So she's like, I want to give you a glimpse of the other side, of what's on the other side. Um, so this story broke me emotionally in a good way, Okay. Here's the story. Harken back to March of 2020. I am a post-apocalyptic young adult novelist, right? I told you about my show, my book, Monument 14. I see this, I see this coming. I see COVID-19 coming in like February and I'm like starting to make plans. My parents have a house in the mountains outside outside Telluride in Colorado. And we've always said my whole life, if, if the shit ever hits the fans, we're going to the mountains. So in February, I'm like, shit's hitting the fans. I start ordering survival supplies, toilet paper, paper towels, batteries, flashlights, um, a salt lick. The reason why you get a salt lick. What? A salt lick. <laughs> this is my best. Oh, can I guess? Oh. Can I guess? Yeah. Is it to attract deer so that you can hunt them and kill them? Why, yes, Betsy, it is. That's exactly yes. what a salt lick is for. You don't know this, but I am a, I, I call myself prepper light. Mm, me too. Me too. Prepper light, prepper light, salt lick, get one. You put it's it out. So genius. I've, of course, I've never done this, but the idea is you put it out, the deer comes, you kill it, and then you take the salt lick back and keep it and wrap it up and save it and then put it somewhere else. So you don't waste your So that life. they don't remember. So they're not like, that's where Gerald right. was murdered. Right. Oh. This is a new salt lick yeah. right yeah. here. Right. Exactly. There's yum, no yum, blood yum. around. Ooh, look at all this salt. Wow, I need salt nutritionally because I'm a deer. I'm going to lick it. Boom. Lights out. <laughs> so, okay, I've gotten way off topic, way off track here. But anyway, wow, we head to the mountains. The day, the day they cut, they, they close my kids' schools, we leave the next day in a rental van. We drive up, and we don't know when we're coming back. Um, we get a house sitter. So we're up there, and this it, it's a time of this just crazy. Everything was crazy already. Everything was locked down, but we were far away. We were 45 minutes away from the nearest grocery store up on a mountain. So we really felt like we were like Swiss family Robinson, just like off by ourselves. And the kids were on their devices, lots, lots. And so, okay. So now that's the setting. I now set the scene. My daughter, Ellie, 17, tall, strong. She's very confident. She's very charismatic and she's athletic. How can I express this? Let me say this. She was on the rugby team for one year. She played girls rugby. It was her happiest year ever because she liked to run over people. Yeah. She liked to run over people and she liked to get run over. This is like, so she's physical. She's like physical and she's 
aggressive in the best way. She's got a lot of energy. So she, she, she comes into the kitchen one day. It's lunchtime, middle of the day. And she says, um, you know, also she's very opinionated. Both my kids, very opinionated and very woke. So she says, oh my God, mom, I've been bullying this kid on, on uh, Snapchat or maybe TikTok or Instagram. I don't know which, which social media channel. She's like, I've been bullying this uh, Republican Trump supporter who is anti-abortion. And they're saying all this stuff about um, the right to life and nobody should ever get an abortion. And I'm like, whoa, 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 hold up. We don't, I don't, I really don't want you bullying people, (laughs) which is a topic we've talked about many times. Um, But I said, you know, honey, abortion is, I know it's a big trigger issue, but you have to understand that it's actually a very, very sensitive issue for many, many people. And she's like, oh God, like, why is it a sensitive issue? It's like so clear. You need to have the right to do this to do this thing, to take care of yourself. And I'm like, well, you know, honey, um, you can tell from the way I'm talking that I try to be the calm mom. I try to be calm and thoughtful. And I say, I say, you know, sweetie, when you're pregnant, like some women can really feel when they're pregnant. And Hmm. so, uh, I said, you know, of course I want women to have the right to be able to make a choice about what they do with their body, of course. But abortion is a really painful and complicated thing. So, so you know, I, I you know, I was pregnant and I, I felt the life inside of me. I could really feel I was very sensitive. So as soon as I was pregnant, I knew. And then, wow. And then I, you know, if that pregnancy goes away... You can tell, and it, it feels like a loss, even very, very early, very early. And she said, wait, did you have a miscarriage? And I realized that in like telling her about how it, you know, telling her about abortion and my thoughts on it, I'd inadvertently revealed that I had a miscarriage. And so she like took my hand and I was like, I did. And so we sat down at the kitchen table and I told her that I had four miscarriages between her uh-huh. and Rex and that, between them, between them. And she got tears in her eyes. I got tears in my eyes. And I said, you know, every time I got pregnant, I felt like I would pray. I would try to like talk to the baby, to the unborn baby. And I would say like, if you stay, like we're going to have a really good life. And she was like wrapped and completely quiet. This guy, boisterous girl, very full of life was just listening to me. And um, I said, and I was worried that, you know, I'd never be able to give you a sibling. Um, so I was so happy when, when Rex, when Rex, you know, stayed and she said, Oh mommy, you got the best one. And that's what broke me because she could tell that, you know, things between her and Rex are not always easy at all. They're often very challenging and these guys fight and they don't like each other and all of this stuff. And for her to see that 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 was the perfect thing to say to me at that moment, because it was the Mm. perfect thing to say, was just so meaningful. It it broke me at that moment. Um, And I offer it to you and to your listeners because it is hard to parent. It is so hard it takes it literally takes from you your your forces you know and yes the, your essence your life yeah, force it does but those moments they make up for it and to see your child who was you know she was three and four and five and ten and all these rough moments we had and all these difficult times to have her return this kind of compassionate understanding and love to me at that tender moment was super meaningful. So there's my little story for you. Wow. That's beautiful. Mm. Wow. I was either going to tell you that story or about how <laughs> Rex came to the Thanksgiving table and said that he would not celebrate Thanksgiving with us any longer because he calls it indigenous people's day of mourning. 
But I, I went with the I went with the, the nice story. <laughs> I, that was the other story that broke me during the pandemic. It was like we made Thanksgiving, just the four of us we made this beautiful Thanksgiving dinner, and he's like, I will eat this meal with you, but I will not celebrate. To me, this day is Indigenous People's Day of Mourning. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. Uh, yeah, that's it, it is very fair. fucking cool, honestly. But also, as a family member, it's like, all right, though, can you just fucking sit down and eat some turkey, though? <laughs> right, right. It was like, oh, wow, political opinion, uh, Thanksgiving gut punch. It was a one-two, <laughs> one-two. One, two. Because <laughs> you're like, I made your favorites. It's going to be fun. And he's like, I reject all of this. But also, that's very fucking cool. I could see my nine-year-old one day being like, yeah, we're not. I This is this is a genocide day and I'm not down. Yeah. yeah. Although he does love to eat. So I could see it going. Either way. I'll stay for dinner, but I'm I'm not celebrating. Yeah, I'm not um, happy about it. I'm going to still call it Genocide Day. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. weird. No, sweetie, everyone wants to just call it Indigenous People's Day. No, I will call it Genocide Day. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, this is the kind of stuff teenagers bring home. I mean, it's really interesting because they're starting to be real people who mm -hmm. are showing up and defending their borders, you know, and trying to, but also, P.S., like, we need to be educated. We need to change um, in terms of like the racial, the systemic oppression in our country and the police reform that we need and all these things. So my kids are bringing it to me. Um, occasionally I have to fact check their, the things they learn on TikTok because some of those things are not, <sighs> not true. Yeah. Um, Having to teach our kids that everything you read online or everything that people say online is not necessarily true mm. has been a real challenge mm. because in the day of, you know, in the day and age of Wikipedia, where sort of primary sources aren't the sort of thing, like when we were kids, yeah. it was like primary source or, or bust, um, right? You better go find a primary source to, to back up your information. But kids these days tm oh, hashtag kids these days are like well i read it online it was on wikipedia someone did a whole compilation on tiktok and it is it's true yeah and um and down that road lies madness oh. and, a, and a dystopian uh future uh well if these you if know these fake stories can trick you know grown-ups of course they're gonna trick a 12 year old of course they are going to. yes we don't usually talk about politics on this show, but I will say it's interesting when I think pregnancy makes us all maybe um, re-examine our uh, thoughts on abortion. Uh, and for me, uh, it actually made me more like vehemently um, pro-choice because it made me realize the extreme uh, like physical and emotional uh, like transformation that your body had to have has to endure in pregnancy and uh it was so difficult that being a person who wanted to be pregnant and have a baby like that it was so hard and even having like a supportive partner um and having the resources that I needed like and having sort of all the the best things at mm -hmm. my disposal and pregnancy was and 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 you know having a baby was still so difficult physically and emotionally and financially um and difficult you know on our on our marriage just as it is you know it it stresses yeah. everyone oh, oh yeah it's really hard. uh look you made a like, whole geez. podcast about how hard it is 
not that's a hard being what? Yes, I, 100%. That <laughs> yeah, that it made me realize like gosh, I can I could never tell someone whether they should do this or not because this is the hardest thing I've ever done. And I can't decide whether someone else should do this very difficult thing. Hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I never thought uh, about it that way, Betsy, but that's so true. I I really yeah. agree with you. Like it is it is so hard. It it really takes from you. And um people people do need to be able, I, I believe they need to be able to choose. And I, I hope I haven't brought a hot topic issue to your podcast. And now you're going to get all these angry people calling in because I'm just trying to say that this is a very complicated issue that you have to yes. really deeply understand. Um, and yes, I, I, I mean, in my ideal world, people, nobody needs an abortion because they've yeah. been protected and they they're safe. They've, there's free access to birth control and there's good education and, you know, they never happen because they're not needed in an ideal yeah. world. Yeah. The, the, uh, apparently, uh, teen currently, uh, or at least over the last 10 years or so, I think, uh, teen pregnancy has gone like way down. Mm-hmm. And apparently that is in direct correlation to, um, access to birth control for young people, uh, going way up and sex That's education uh, being, you know, more widely accessed, I guess. I don't I'm know. Glad. NPR talked about it. Sounded good. Yeah. Um, you saying that your son came to the, to the table for Thanksgiving and, uh, and declared uh, his, his distaste for it mm-hmm. reminded me of, um, the last time I think we went to uh, Thanksgiving and it was at relative's house, uh, my in-laws house two years ago. I talked about it in the podcast, but here's a little, just a reminder refresher because it sure. reminded and refreshed me yeah. on this, which is uh, just in the middle of the dinner. Uh, my son just, just ripped a real big fart. <laughs> and then I think he followed it up with a couple more. <laughs> And that's when we learned you got to explain to kids that you can't just fart. But now, <laughs> now, because <laughs> he kept doing it too. Like he, we, we would be like at dinner and he would just like sit me, be sitting next to me and he'd fart. And I'm food. I am eating here. And, and I don't want to teach my kid like, look, look, there's something fucked up about like, look, Hold your butthole tight and let your body reabsorb that fart. Because <laughs> it's all. Yeah, I know. It's like from a social aspect, that is what you should do. But from like a physiological aspect, like I don't think that's something that's probably good for your body. Um, so what I said was when you need to toot, you need to excuse yourself, go to the bathroom, fart in there, and then come back. That is, uh, that's the gold standard. That's what you do. <laughs> if you can do it, that's what you do. Thank you. My so daughter, now, though, my daughter still to this day will run in the corner and fart. <laughs> it's very, it's so cute. She's a 17 year old girl. And she's like, you're talking to her and she's like, she's run in the corner, fart and come back. <laughs> also, I assume she goes face first into that corner and then just sprays the room. No, um, no, it's ass in the corner. It's, ass butt, in the corner. it's fart, smart. fart, gas in the corner. Um, face just looking at me like I think you know what's happening <laughs> that's really cute and funny it reminds me of when kids like shit in their diaper and they go and like they hide oh like gosh, next to the yes. couch yes and, like, ah. but that little face they make you're like oh my child is pooping right now here it goes <laughs> that's that adorable so yeah so we'll be eating and all of a sudden he'll go excuse me mama and then he'll go to the bathroom and he'll come back and he is like beaming. He's like so proud because fucking Emily Post, you know, came into his head and was like, <laughs> leave the room. And so although sweet. a lot of times he'll like announce, he's like, I had to fart and I did it in yes. there. I'm like, okay. Take it. Go. Take it. That's progress. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. 
Um, Emmy, uh, is there anything that you would like to promote? Can you tell everyone about your books, about your podcast? Hopefully everyone has heard about Emmy's podcast already, but she's going to refresh you because uh, your podcast has been on a, a promo on the show before, right. so you all heard about it. That's right. Um, I'd love to talk to you about my podcast. It's called Workplace Comedy Podcast. I wanted a title that would tell you exactly what it is. <laughs> I was going hot tub time machine, (laughs) right? Workplace comedy podcast, workplace comedy podcast. It is me and my wonderful friend, Tracy Villar, um, are the play. It's all fictional. So it's a fictional show. So you listen to it and it's as if these people in, in Sterling waters out of Sterling, Colorado are, uh, giving you their podcast from their office and the office is beset by scandal and intrigue and so these two administrative assistants are trying to get to the bottom of it um and they're uh, they're just so much fun um and we got great guests we got paul f tompkins um adam felber do you know sean conroy from ucb um yeah i do yeah he's a guest he plays a, a um water delivery guy that my character jen has a huge crush on and um, that episode is particularly delightful. It's called Jen and Albert, I think. They get locked in his truck. Um, that is a delight. Those are amazing guests. Yeah. Sounds, yes. Yeah. And is it a weekly podcast? It, it is not a weekly podcast. It's actually a limited run podcast. We made eight really good episodes and we stopped. So it's always there. Fantastic. Listen, binge listen. BBC style. It's like, we don't have to go on and on about it. Here, it's a small run and it's good. And now, oh, and you know what? And now go fuck yourself. But that's not the right. That's not the right. Right. My brother Sam is a guest on it too. I love that episode. uh, He plays Kenneth, the temp. No, no, he plays Kenneth, a guy in the office that everyone hates. (laughs) (laughs) Yay! Yay! This has been so wonderful to connect with you. It's been so nice to have an excuse just to hang out with you, Emmy. I'm so glad that you came on the show. Thank you for coming and uh, and sharing your stories uh, and and taking the time to be on. Oh, and really quick, do you want to tell people uh, about your books, your young adult books, really quick? Sure. I'm sure lots of people listening love young adult uh, fiction. I'd love that. Um, my website is emmylayborn.com, E-M-M-Y-L-A-Y-B-O-U-R-N-E.com. And you can find information about my six books that I've written. I got the post-apocalyptic series. I have kind of a horror comedy called Sweet. Um, it's a lot of fun. And then I have two historical fiction, historical fantasies, Berserker and Ransacker. And those are set in 1886. They're about Norwegian immigrant children with ancient Viking superpowers. (laughs) They're really fun. What is the youngest age you think generally people could start reading your books? Um, uh, Really 13. 13 would be Okay. If they've read The Hunger Games, then I'm okay with it. Okay, got it. Have your kids read your books? Um, yes, they have read my books. Yes. Is it like when I watch a comedy show? Like, does it feel like work to them? Are they like, okay, well, I've got some notes. Yeah. Like, they're not that into They're like, well, uh, you know, Ellie read Berserker, and she was just the perfect age when it came out. That one came out a few years ago. She was like 14. And she loved it. So she came down and she said, this is my favorite book I've ever read. But oh my God, you must have melted into uh, the floor. It, it, it was an amazing feeling. It really was. Um, but the Monument 14 series, that's the darkest series of them all. So that one is for thir- 13 or 14 and up. The other ones are could, could work for younger kids. But I think because they, I was writing that when they were like really young, they think that it's too scary for them still. They still think it's too scary for them. Because I was like, oh, no, you can't read this book, honey. It's too scary for you. But they're still like, oh, I don't want to read it if it's not so scary. <laughs> Sweetheart, you're 25 years old. Right. I think you can handle it. I don't know. Oh, that mom. pretty scary. Yeah. 
Awesome. Um, well, Emmy, you are doing a great job. Your kids sound fucking amazing. Oh, same uh, to even... you. Same to oh. you, lady. Thank Congratulations you. for making it through the pandemic. Thank God. You too. <sighs> are you back? You're back in Los Angeles. You're no longer in the uh, Laybourne bunker. <laughs> That's right. We left. We we opened the doors and looked out at the sun. We said, "Okay, we can come out again." Um, yes, we're here in LA. Uh, you know, life is good, and it's <sighs> such a relief. How long? How long were you up there? I know a lot of people who who skipped town as well. How mm-hmm. long were you up there? We spent six months up there. All told, not all in not all in the spring, but we spent three months in the spring. We came back to LA actually on the day of the um, George Floyd riots, the day of the Black Lives Matter riots on June sixth. So as we were pulling into town, we my kids were like, "We have to make it home before the curfew at eight (laughs) o'clock." And they were like, "What's going to happen if we're out after the curfew?" And I was like, "Nothing's going to happen. We're just a family driving home after a long trip." We're just going, the police will say, but that's the problem. The police will be like, oh, you're fine. That's what I was going to say. I was like, well, the police will be like, oh, you're white. It's fine. You want to take some of these electronics (laughs) broken out open? Just go in. I'm sure you need it, white people. So true. So that's exactly what they're That's the problem. Oh, gosh. Well. Dear listener, if if you find yourself planning a birthday party mm-hmm. and being very excited to eat some ice cream cake <laughs> and then someone vomits in all of your wash basins, <laughs> or if you find yourself surprised by the capacity of... Uh, of caring and love and kindness that your child is expressing to you and you are so grateful. Uh, Just know that no matter what, you are doing a great job. My mommy drinks. Hi, my name is Eve Sturgis, and I have one question for you. Did you ever think about how much sex it takes to build a family tree? Those recreational DNA companies like 23andMe and Ancestry have such wholesome commercials about being Irish or Italian and connecting family and learning about heritage. But really, it's all about sex. Trust me, I made an entire podcast talking with people about the shocking discoveries and the deep, dark secrets that come to the surface with a few drops of spit. Season three of Everything's Relative with Eve Sturgis is coming at you April 16th from Campfire Media on all the pod platforms. 